0: Hey, everyone. This is Kristen Sandy Benton with The Chris and Sandy Show. Where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today we've got a really special one, as always. Like I always say, we have a great show for you today because every artist is great. But we're kind of new friends with um, the artist today. We-, we met her because of Joe Kelly. Um, apparently he really loves her because um, he shares a lot of her stuff. And because of that, I got in touch with her, and I was like, you know what? I really like what I'm seeing, so we want to – her to come on the show in which she already done a really great, um, live takeover on our Facebook page, which was really cool. But, um, her name is Mira Goto, and we're definitely excited to have her on Mira. Are you here.
1: Hey, yeah. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: We're, we're definitely proud to have you on the show. And Sandy, are you here? I forgot to ask that earlier.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm here.
0: <laughs> Hi, Sandy. Yeah.
2: Hi. Hey, hey,
0: yeah cuz it's supposed to be the Chris and Sandy show not the Chris show but sometimes it becomes the Chris show because we have a one year old too so <laughs> yeah
3: Aw. <laughs> she's uh, taking a nap right now though so so we're good
0: <laughs> yeah when we do one show a day it can you know we can work around it where she takes a nap but when we do two shows a day then it got to work around her a little bit and so sometimes yeah, it's a little more challenging <laughs> So as we get started, tell us a little bit, a bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you.
1: Okay. Well, um yeah, my name is Mira Godo. I'm from California. I was born and raised in, in California and I um I guess growing up I was always really gravitating towards those um acoustic versions of songs that were really lyrically driven and <laughs> that was just really what I wanted to do. I mean, I picked up a guitar as a teenager and never set it down. <laughs> <Since>. <laughs> and um, so I started realizing that the lyrically driven stuff was, was more, I could find more of it in country music. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I started taking trips to Nashville, wanted to learn how to be a great songwriter and how to tell a great story in three and a half minutes. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> it's been a trip ever since. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the hard part, three, you know, short stories is one thing, but to tell it in three minutes and to make an impact, that's tough, huh?
1: Yeah, it is, but it's like, it's the most interesting part to me is, is looking at it like a puzzle and figuring out how the pieces are going to fit together.
0: <laughs> and usually I hold this part to the end, but you know what, we'll go on and go there since we're kind of talking about the songwriting pro. What is your songwriting process?
1: my songwriting process well you know sometimes it's different for each song I wish I had like one tried and true method that I could offer to everybody (laughs) but (laughs) then we could all do it together it'd be great but um, oftentimes it's it's, I come up with a concept first and then I, I try to I try to start something so I'm not just walking into a writing appointment with well I want to write about falling in love you know and it's it's really (laughs) as an artist it's it's I find it to be my responsibility to walk in with an idea that's a little bit hashed out and then see if I can inspire my co-writer to help me bring (laughs) breathe some life into it you know
0: so so do you ever get to a co-write and you've got this idea and they got this idea and it you it don't mess sometimes
1: all the time. I mean, co-writing is <laughs> kind of like dating, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that, you, that you're, you're a good match with the person. And I think, I think it's more often a, not a good fit than it is a good fit just because it's, it's hard, but you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's a process. The ones that you do write well with, those are ones that like you hold on to and you, and you keep riding with them and, Hopefully, you continue to turn out good stuff. But we've all kind of, we've all written some stinkers. So
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's kind of like marriage. The one you the the one you that you click with, you just hang on to because I mean I've been married 17 years now. So apparently, we click.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so tell us something quirky about you.
1: Oh man, something quirky about me. Well, random little, little fun little facts is I actually, I grew up playing the violin. I guess when I was, um, and I don't, I have no memory of this, but my parents tell it like it's the law. Uh, when I was three years old, I begged them nonstop for a violin. I guess I really wanted to play the violin. One of my friends at preschool had a violin. And so they, mm-hmm. they signed me up for violin lessons. And when you're three years old, they don't give you a violin. They don't trust three-year-olds with violins. They give you yeah. a tissue box with a ruler taped to it and make you practice carrying it and not smushing it. And then only until then, like, <laughs> only, like, you have to pass the test of not schmooshing it before they'll give you a tiny little violin to practice on. But I played violin for about 10 years before, you know, hitting my teenage years and going, wait a minute, guitar is much cooler. Which, uh, you know, I wish I'd stayed in violin too, but, but what can you do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that's pretty cool. Um, I, I never knew that about how uh, they train younger I never knew that. (laughs) Little nugget.
1: Yeah, so if you want to give your one year old violin lessons, have him him or her practice with a little tissue box under the chin.
0: (laughs) Be gentle with it first. (laughs) So, growing up, who's been some of your musical influences and who are they today and has your taste changed?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, So, when I was Learning to play guitar, the the bands and artists that were really big were, you know, Incubus and Green Day and and Dave Matthews Band and Dashboard Confessional, and so that was like I was super jazzed to go into my lessons and say, teach me this song, and and um, hearing them on the radio, I really wanted to be able to hear a song and, and and figure it out myself, and so that was really what I challenged myself to do to learn by ear, and. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then there was that explosion of singer-songwriters with Colby Calais and Jason Mraz and John Mayer and, and David Gray and, you know, all of those guys. And that really, Jack Johnson, I think, was kind of the first of all of that movement. And that really mm-hmm. steered me towards the love of acoustic guitar and, and, and being, like, raw with it. Over time, I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up on country music, but boy, I fell in love with it when I did, when I first heard it. <laughs> and that's that's really where my heart has been these last mm-hmm. several years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what is country music to you?
1: Country music is lyrically driven storytelling songs to me. I just, I love it. I can't get enough.
0: And, you know, that's what we love about country music, too. <clears> um, and, and, and nothing against other genres. They're, you know, they all have their own pros and cons. But there's oh, nothing absolutely. like a story song. And, and, and although we do love, uh, Sandy and I do still love, like, your bro country stuff. But you know what? It's got a place for it. But still, there's nothing like the song that tells a story that moves you.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. If you can make somebody feel something significant in, like, a deep way in three and a half minutes, I mean, I've done my job as a songwriter, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of songs
0: do that. I'm an emotional guy anyway. But a lot of songs really do that to me. And the funny part of this whole thing, I really was never supposed to be doing this with my life. It's funny because, you know, we married 17 years ago. And when we first married – my goal was to be a motivational speaker. That was kind of where I was going in life. I didn't listen to me. I mean, I didn't say, I don't, I'm not saying I didn't like music. I just didn't listen to music because I listened to audios all day long. I mean, motivational audios, Zig Ziglar, um, people, Jim Rohn, all the people like that, <laughs> all day long. I marry Sandy, awesome. and she listens to music all day long. There's yeah. a problem there. Um, <laughs> <you> know, so <laughs> I was one of them that was so brainwashed into the that self-help movement back then, and I still believe in a lot of that, so don't get me wrong, but I was so brainwashed into it that I believe that if you owned a business and you weren't listening to the business thing in your car, you weren't serious about your business, and if you were listening to music, you just were not serious. I mean I was over the top, so we had to figure a way to balance this, so we came to an agreement. Thank God she was willing to do it, and thank God I was willing to do it. But we came to agreement fifty-fifty, you know, fifty percent audio, fifty percent vid- um, of um, music and all that, and it that worked. And and I always joke with people that yeah, she brainwashed me and all this music stuff because then through the years it was like I started getting more into music and more into music and more into music, and and then we launched in 2014, and this is how much music is in me now. We launched in 2014, New Country Buzz for the first time. But we shut it down in 2015 for personal reasons. It was just so much work. Wasn't making money yet and, and a few other reasons, but we just had to shut it down. But a piece of my heart was like crushed over that. And because it was crushed, I tried to put – because it, you know if you've got a, a guy that you like and you you know he's not right. You, you just feel like he's not right for you, so you push him away. Mm-hmm. But if you if you come back a little bit, he's all – right back in it was it was like that so i felt like i needed to push the music thing completely out i mean i, I let go of the domain and everything of new country buzz and <laughs> every six months though i guess god was like pushing me a little bit because every six months i would look up go daddy up nope nobody's bought new country buzz yet six months later up nope nobody's all of a sudden by the end of 2018 <laughs> i told Sandy, okay this is killing me I can't take this no more. Um, we got to relaunch. I feel like we're supposed to relaunch, finish what we started. And she's like, "Yes, let's do this." He's all for it. And here we are. Had no idea we we're going to be doing a show. In the 2019, we were like, "Let's do a show." You know, we need to interview. I mean, I don't feel in love with all these great artists. You know, I love your Blakes and all, and your Mirandas and your Carries, but I started falling in love with people like you. It's like the, the Tomorrow Stars, and I'm like, "Oh my God." People need to hear these people. And, uh, mm. and I'm like, but there's no platforms for them to really get out there. I was like, I, so, you know, that's what, how I started New Country Buzz. And then in the last year, I was like, it's time to take it next level. And Sandy's like, well, what name would we do with? And I was like, well, what, what's wrong with the Chris and Sandy show?
2: And
3: she's
0: like,
2: Perfect. And she, <laughs> like and she was
0: like, uh, why would, do you really think it would work? Why would people listen? They don't know us. And I'm like, well, work worked for Bobby Bones and worked for Ty Bentley. Why not? Uh? Yeah,
1: nobody knew who they were at first even.
2: <laughs> you know, I got to tell you,
1: artists like me, independent mm-hmm. artists, small-time artists like me, we are super grateful. I think I speak for all of us in this category. We are super grateful mm. for people like you guys who go, you know what? We want to hear the undiscovered, the independent, those those smaller time Because, like, we do have voices, and they may not be as loud, but, I think that, you know, we've got some good stuff out here, and, and we're really, really – I'm just so grateful to have platforms like The Chris and Sandy Show and New Country Buzz to be able to share my songs and my voice, and I just appreciate it so much.
0: Well, we definitely appreciate that y'all not giving up because that's something that I've learned yes, through is. the years because this has really been – a, and I've been on the other side of the, not, of the giving up because, like I said, we gave up this whole music thing for mm-hmm. three years, and so I've got artist friends, that I'm, and they're struggling. I'm telling them, you don't, want, you don't want to quit. If this is really in you, you don't want to quit. I've been there.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I know what <laughs> it feels like. It'll come back to you. <laughs> 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 so, so as you look at um, some of the stuff you've done through the years um, of your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I've got to do that?
1: Oh, Okay. That's a really good question. So there was a song that I put out about a year and a half ago called Next Life. And let's start this story. Let's see. I must have been in high school. And there's a radio station out here in the Bay Area, California, called K Fog, And they put out um, every Sunday morning they have what's called Acoustic Sunrise. They'll do like acoustic versions of your favorite songs that they hear. Adult Contemporary Station. And so every, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, they put out a CD with their favorite, like, acoustic sunrise songs. And I, I would get the CD every year. And, you know, mm-hmm. part of my love for acoustic raw music, right? And um, one <laughs> of the songs on there was The Wanderer by an artist named Mark Broussard from Louisiana.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've been a fan of Mark mm-hmm. since then. Now, fast forward to, like, two years ago, I have a production deal with um, with a guy in LA, and we I had sent him this song, "Next Life," and I said, "Do you want mm-hmm. to put this one out? It's a duet. Is there anybody you can think of?" And he goes, "He goes, well, I could call my friend Mark Broussard and see if he'll sing on it," and I just about pooped my pants. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I think that's kind of a dream come true." So we put the song out. Oh, we wow. never met. We recorded it remotely from each mm-hmm. other. And then the song did so well that um, we decided to do a video together. So I got to fly mm-hmm. out to Louisiana, and we recorded a live performance video of that song together. And I tell you, the first time we we did the first take, when he opened his mouth and started singing, my jaw hit the floor. Mm-hmm. This guy is amazing, and it's, it was just even better than I could have I could have ever imagined. So that was, I think, my most like, oh my gosh, what I get myself into. Who like total <laughs> imposter syndrome? What am I doing here?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is really cool. Um, any other stories kind of stick out?
2: Um,
1: you know there was there was another moment where I kind of had like you know a little out of body experience. Um, uh-huh. I'm a member of West Coast Songwriters, the songwriters organization up and down the West Coast, and they have branches. Um, you know, or chapters rather up in like cities up and down the coast. And, uh, so I, I, At each chapter, they have competitions every month. And if you win for the month, you go back to that same location and you compete at the end of the year against all the other winners of all the other months. So I started going to those competitions. There's a few that are drivable from where I am based out of in California and um, and I just really wanted to kind of see how my songs were stacking up. And, you know, my husband told me, if you're going to do this for a career, you need to be the best one in the room every single time. Oh, boy, thanks, hon, for the pep talk. I'm, like, not winning any of these, right? <laughs> and then I started winning some of them. <laughs> And then I started winning. I as soon as I started going to Nashville oh, yeah. more and, and learning how to write better and, and writing with better mm-hmm. people and, and picking up more tools for my toolbox, my songwriting toolbox, my songs were getting better and people were listening. And I started winning some of those competitions. And then I won the the like chap my chapter uh, at the end of the year, so they sent me to the grand mm. finals, which is the uh, the year winner for each chapter goes and competes against each no other. And then I won that one.
2: <laughs>
1: and that was that was kind of like a, I, I was so nervous on stage though because you have to perform <laughs> the dang thing. And I just, I played the song way too fast, which is what I do when I get nervous is I just I just plow through it but, um, yeah, that was the moment that I, I just remember. And I was live streaming. that. We were just talking about live streaming, right? I, I live streamed the whole process, and they, they were with me through the whole thing. So, it was
0: that, yeah, it was crazy. You, you know, that made me think about um, a time where I was really nervous. I can remember the very first time I spoke on a stage, very first time, a couple lessons I learned. One is don't change what you're going to say the day of, and two, yeah. don't, have your spur, don't have your first speech in front of 250 to 300 people um, oh my
2: gosh.
0: as your first. <laughs> I did both. and I oh no. it, was, uh, <laughs> it was about 15 years ago, and it was, and it was a young professional's group, and mm-hmm. I was, only, it was only, I only, I was given five minutes. It wasn't like it was 20, 30 minutes. It was five minutes, you know? We're talking, what could really go wrong in five minutes?
2: That's a I long get up time there. Time for a speech. <laughs> <laughs> I get up there,
0: and I got my notes in my hand. I could not read a thing on oh, the paper no. because my hand my hand was shaking. Well, they have a podium. Thought no big deal. I put it there. Well, the prop and I'm short, but the podium only came to my tummy. So there was oh, no, no way I was going to read it from there. And so I'm sitting there like, what? so I, I, I knew I had it memorized anyway. So I decide, okay, I'm just going to go with it. And I open my mouth. Nothing, nothing <laughs> comes out.
2: I mean, yeah.
0: at, and Sandy was on the front row like scared She because she told me later she didn't know what to do. You know, what could she do? Yeah. I'm like trying to get this words out
2: and i oh, mean, yeah, like nothing
0: n- n- and people see my, by my mouth moving but nothing was opening I knew at that moment this was a defining moment in my life I knew that if I walked off that stage I'll probably never speak on anything again yeah no, that's a no, really no matter, really
1: good perspective
0: <laughs> and I knew how no matter how bad it got I had to finish And I was hoping that they didn't pull me off because then I wouldn't get to finish. So, Mm -hmm. about a minute and a half in, and yes, we're talking a minute to a minute and a half in, people have to deal with this. And we're talking 300 people. Oh,
2: no. I take a deep
0: breath. I take it, and I I don't know if it was God that gave me something to say, but something put something in my head. And the first thing that came to my head is what I said. So, I told everybody if you get nothing else out of this today, at least you get a good laugh. Everybody laughed laughed at that, and I was able to calm down, and I nailed the rest of it.
1: You know what? That is like the unwritten law of stage fright is if you kind of acknowledge it like it's a monster. Mm -hmm. I see you. Mm -hmm. There you are. And you kind of let everybody in on your little secret. It diffuses Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And that has so worked for me so many times on stage before. I love that you said that because that's exactly like the method that I use now that I know it worked.
2: <laughs> because the,
0: the key is to calm down. You, you don't suck yourself up yes. so much. And yeah. whatever it takes to get yourself back grounded, then you, again, I, it was part of our story that I was, <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't know my story.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but
0: but i couldn't get it out <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's so hard, now that,
1: it's so hard.
0: <laughs> now that we hit some high points of course i guess that wasn't really a, i guess it was a high point because it was a game changer <laughs> for me but now that we hit some high points i like to flip the script and go the other way because i think that a lot and this is one reason why we give people 60 and 65 minutes to go on the show it's is you know if you go on a 20 minute interview thing you don't have time to talk about the low points in life <laughs> and in music and i think that's the most important part because that's where people learn that's where the audience can say wow you know i didn't know all that or that can be where someone who is thinking about getting becoming a making this a career they can be like ooh i'm not sure if i can handle that and i think people need to hear that side of it so I'm going to tell a small story to lead us into where I want this to go. We interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls back in 2014 when they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time in music. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. <laughs> she said, because… <clears throat> the sacrifices we have to make, the sacrifices our families, have, because our family may not even be part of it, but they sacrifice, whether we know it or not. It, we could have a super bad day. It doesn't matter. If we got a gig tonight, we got to get on that stage and smile like nothing just happened, even though we could have had the worst day of our life. It doesn't matter. She so goes, Once you go from hobby, career, it's a game changer. She goes, Yes, it, it can still be your passion. It will still be your passion. But there's going to be days that you do not want to do this, and, you can, but, and if it was just a hobby, you probably wouldn't. But once it becomes your career, you have no choice in the matter. You've signed those contracts. You've signed the dotted line. You can't just bail on people. <clears throat> she says, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those sacrifices become worth it. What do you think about what she said, and let's go there a little bit.
3: Oh, hundred and fifty eight
1: thousand <laughs> percent. Absolutely agree with it. Totally. I um I went to college to be a nurse. I was pre nursing mm-hmm. in my undergrad and I found myself writing songs in my anatomy class. Now, <laughs> I am not studying anatomy in my co writing appointments. Mm-hmm. So I think I like definitely found <laughs> the right thing <laughs> for me but it's hard yeah I know I, I get it and that's exactly that's like she hit the nail on the head where she says like once it's like, once you decided to make it a career you can't just decide not to do it you sign those contracts and you're committed and it's totally true even in like from everything from like relationships that you've, you've built like with mm-hmm. labels or managers or producers because there's contracts maintaining those relationships so even if you decide you don't want to work with that or you don't like that person anymore you're committed to them Mm -hmm. and that's that's just the way it is so it's figuring out how to maintain a healthy working relationship with people that maybe like you don't you don't really agree with personally but that you you know that's like that's definitely a thing or um Mm -hmm. you know for me personally i had a um i've had shows where i've got i've got the flu you know, or I've got a cold or something, <laughs> and it's affecting my voice in a way that, like, okay, well, I can I can still do it. I'll sing on, like, my own microphone, but my voice isn't really going to be cooperating. But you go and you stop on stage, and it's horribly embarrassing, and you apologize mm-hmm. and hope for the best. But, yeah, you got it. Like, I can't just not show up for shows that I've been marketing for six months. It's,
2: mm-hmm. it's too, exactly. You got the
1: flu. That's too bad. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs>
2: I left. I left
1: stage to throw up one time. Um, oh, wow. I was so sick. I yeah. I but I you know faked it. You know you, you put on a face. You're you're good. And I in between sets, I had I threw up and I came back out and finished it. And then I had to sleep for three days because I was so beat. But that's my that's my like warrior story that I always think of when I'm like, oh, you know, you got through that. You can get through anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had a warrior story kind of since we've been on this show, a couple of them. One was we had a guest, um, and of course I never say who because I want people to
3: um,
0: know who who it is. But we had a guest in the middle of our show ghost us. Now, they didn't ghost the show. They ghost us in the middle of the interview.
2: Never yeah, had that I before. At the, at the break time. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm.
0: I, and I thought it was just technical problems, um, so I just thought, you know, i texted them and emailed them and said maybe we can finish later or whatever. Nope, never responded back.
2: Hmm.
0: And, and, nope, uh, not and one time. To, and, and, and we're talking somebody who's staying at the offering and all that. So people would yeah, know Yeah, somebody people is. would
3: know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and just go – I mean, we're like – I was like – and I joke with Sandy. It's like, well, she just – gave us a um they they just gave us a war story really That's <laughs> we enjoyed <true>. it yeah. <laughs> we'll always remember it <laughs> and then I, I remember the very first show our very, our first guest was ashlyn grace and i remember that morning i was told sandy that you know i'm not worried about talking even if cuz we didn't know how this show was going to go it was our first show <laughs> Um, I was like, even if it got quiet, I can make up something if I have to. I can talk. I can talk a you know, mile an hour, 20 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, whatever. I can talk if you ain't noticed.
2: <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I said
0: that my fear is the, um, the technology going out in the middle of interviews. Nothing I can do there.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's God heard thing.
0: me. I guess God heard me and figured, okay, that if that's your biggest fear, let's go on and because this always happens. Like, like my biggest fear uh, on was for the speaking um, that back then that was where I would talk and nothing would come out. That was my biggest fear. Happened this time. My biggest fear was that it just goes out. So we're three, four minutes into the interview with Ashlyn and goes blank. And oh, I'm like, no. hello? I'm like, hello? Mm-hmm. And and then um, Sandy, because we're all on phones like you are. <coughs> so Sandy comes into the room mm-hmm. I'm in, and she says, um, what's going on? I, I don't know. And then Ashlyn texts us, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> and so uh, we finally all log back in because the show was still going on without us.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, no. And, yeah. <laughs> so we log back in. And then, and we were able to finish the show. And I've got a friend of mine that's done either 500 to a thousand shows on on Blog Talk. And I reached out to him that night because he asked me how how'd show go because he knew it was gonna be my first one. And, and um, he, I, and I told him what happened. He says I've never heard that happening ever.
2: I was like, well, it did with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Huh. That's kind of the thing with like that I tell people about live shows is like sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes we mess up and sometimes things go wrong that are beyond our control, <laughs> but it's always going to be my fault, my responsibility because it's my mm-hmm. face right it's my name, and that's like that's that's mm-hmm. it and it's but it's fine, and I think I think that people in the audience at my shows in particular, but I think in general, people really yeah. do like to see it's a little bit like endearing to see the mess ups and see the things that go (laughs) wrong and how you recover from Mm. it and how you handle it because it it makes you more human and it makes you more relatable to everybody. And I just, that's like showing, showing the mess ups and being able to laugh at yourself and go, oops, (laughs) it happened. Okay. Moving on. You know, that's (laughs) really a nice, a nice quality.
0: And that's why we do our shows live because I'll be honest. I don't, you know, I think it would mess me up. I've got a pattern, a routine now for this live. And I think it would mess me up if I knew that I, I could just edit. I don't edit. I just, you know, and I tell guests mm-hmm. what you say is going to be up on it. Well, up there. And you usually don't have a problem with that. I've had a few people really nervous. So I'm like, don't get nervous. Just be yourself. Don't worry about it. You know, if you make mistakes, <laughs> yeah. it's, not a big deal. it's not a, it's not a big deal. You know, That's people right. need to see that anyway, sometimes, but,
1: just don't be throwing I, anyone I, under the bus, and you'll be fine.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Then I
2: might mm-hmm. would edit that out.
0: You know, I, I, you know, I I can edit. I just don't want think we to need edit. to.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because
0: <laughs> I mean, like like there's been a few times where, and I always try to tell guests to show up five minutes beforehand so we can make sure the sound is right and all that. There's been a few times where they show up two minutes after time starts.
2: Yeah, well, and what I have to do that. so.
0: They so so basically if there is anybody listening they hear our little sound check stuff that we go through in the small talk and then and then I tell yeah, them i will just clip and I tell them I'll just clip this out at the from the beginning cuz it's it's easier to clip it out from the beginning than in the middle anyway <laughs> <It> so,
2: <is. laughs>
0: so then I will tell them okay let's all be quiet so that I can have a place to clip and I let it be quiet for about five seconds, and then I start the show just like I normally would. From that point, that yeah. way it gives me a place to clip.
2: <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but
0: normally, but normally perfect. they are here, you know. But again, you know. So, yeah. so sometimes if people are in live, it's funny. Sandy and I will be sitting there, like talking, and they're like, "Well, if, uh, y'all, if there's anybody listening right now, you'll be the only ones hearing this part."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. But so I think sometimes people like people... that. and they
1: feel like they're in they're in, you know. They got the inside <laughs> scoop. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah.
2: This, this perfect okay. point it's for us to it.
0: take a take a small commercial break and then we're gonna play your song Nobody Warned Me and I love the song. Um but when we Thank come back me. from playing that song, we'll talk about the song, how's that? Perfect. Okay, here we go.
3: Hey everyone.
2: On a three-day drive They warned
1: me about weather About the tornado How the
2: summer sure gets hot Winter's twice as cold Daddy gave me a can of pepper spray Said it's best to be prepared Mama slipped me a little money She said this ought to get you there They warned me about strangers About living on my own About down the sides and some a thousand do and don'ts Yes. Great song.
0: Thank you. Well, that was the one of the first
1: one. Yeah. Um that was one of the first songs I wrote when I moved to Nashville. I wrote it with my friend Lance Carpenter. <clears throat> he um uh, <throat> he he co wrote Kelsey Ballerini's first hit, Love Me Like You Mean It. So he already <laughs> like had a name for himself. I met him through mm-hmm. the NSAI, Nashville Songwriters Association. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I had the idea, I wanted to write a song like nobody warned me of like all the things your parents warn you about, particularly as a young woman, like the warnings (laughs) are different for men and women moving out of the house for the first time, you know, (laughs) but, um, but they don't necessarily warn you about the good stuff, you know, and Mm
2: -hmm. it was, it was
1: important to me to capture the essence of falling in love. Because it's just, it's magic mm. and there's nothing like it. Mm. Just,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, that was what we came up with. And thank God I <coughs> wrote it with Lance because, man, he's such a great writer and he really breathed some life into this one.
0: Yeah, there's definitely nothing like the, the falling in love and, and of course, staying in love too. Because I rem- that's remember that's a different kind Cindy of magic.
2: I, it's the
0: best. Because <laughs> Sandy <'cause laughs> yeah. and I met. You know, our story is that we actually met back in 2002 online. You know, back when it was taboo. I mean, everybody means now online, but back then, no, you, you just that was a no-no. You didn't. But we met on February 2nd of '02, talking on the phone for the first time February 4th. So February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th we met in oh. person. So we actually, so yes. when we were meeting in person, she flew down to Georgia here because she was in Kentucky. So we had never met. If it weren't for the internet, um, but she flew down here for us to meet on March 4th and we spent several days together. And so we were meeting to see who we were going to marry. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, exactly. I think that's so sweet and so romantic. So Sandy, what was your first yes. impression meeting him in person? <laughs>
3: Oh, it was love at first sight. Yeah, which we already Aww. sort of had fallen over the phone by talking, but yeah, I remember I was I met him at the airport of course cuz I flew down to Savannah and I could see him down the long hallway at the end of it. I was like, that's got to be him. So he was looking right at me and it was it was one of those moments. We'll never forget and, it. I
2: love
1: that. And, I'm such a and sucker w- for love stories. <laughs> I love it. And, and, see,
3: <laughs> and, and see,
0: I remember walking. Her, I saw her coming. I was at the airport waiting. And I remember her little red skirt.
2: <laughs> I'm a guy. <laughs> of course you <laughs> but, do. But, of course but, you but but, <laughs> do. And, and I remember that
0: she's walking kind of. Wobble back and forth with her head down. She was really shy back then.
3: I was terribly you know, shy back then. And,
0: <laughs> so, and I remember, wow, you know, because, you know, because, of course, we exchanged pictures and all that. But we already pretty yeah, much, did. you know, fallen for each other before we even exchanged
3: pictures. Oh, and, big time. And, mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and I remember, and I can remember the day that the picture was loading. She emailed me a on because she seen mine from the beginning. And I remember yes, the day of it. We were sitting there, she emailed it to me. And you know, back in the in back in that day when you had the dial up modem. So
2: Oh yeah.
0: So so you load the picture in and it slowly goes up. And as I'm watching oh, like one bar pr- at a
3: time, right? <laughs> I'm praying.
0: <laughs> I'm sitting there praying. Please let me be attracted. I was like, I've already head over heels. Because, uh, you know, you, <laughs> if you're going to stay married and all that, you've got to at least have some attraction. I mean, I'm totally everything, I totally like, agree there's got to be chemistry. Yeah, you do. But there's got to be chemistry there, too. It's got to be chemistry in every area of your life to to have a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. And so as it's, it's going up, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and the picture fully loaded. I'm like, okay, good. I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and, Those days, yeah. and
0: but yeah it was it was a crazy time because you know people i lost friendships over this because they were like oh you're you're just crazy i mean how can you know because we spent less than 20 days face to face because we married october 5th of that year of 2006
2: mm-hmm.
0: but a lot her of being on in time though but mm-hmm. her in kentucky and me down here in georgia there's not a whole lot of um, time together, so people really thought we were crazy, and most of those people that thought we were crazy have been divorced and remarried and divorced several times since then. And here we are now. Granted, we've had our battles. So, you know, I went through 19 years of addiction. The first five years of our marriage, I was still in the middle of those addictions, and and you know she never put. You see, God knew when He put us together, it was going to heal me. But because uh, what had happened was. My mom passed away six months after we married, so I didn't know how to act. It was just, I was mm-hmm. a mama's boy. And I just went, Ken, because my addictions for 19 years, it would be on and off. If, if things are going good in my life, I drink less. If things weren't, I drink more. I was just, I was, I was a roller coaster addict, I guess you could say. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the first six months, I didn't do a whole lot because, man, you know, I just got this new woman. We've been married. We're just we're enjoying life. And then my mom passed away, and I didn't know how to act. And and it, I, I just went downhill really fast. And but she never put me down. She never nagged me. She always uplifted me. She she was my little cheerleader. She's like, look, you know, we can do this. We can do that. We can, you know, she was always behind me. And you know, to this day, people still tell us that she allowed me to walk over over her those first years. It's like, no, she didn't. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Because if it weren't mm. for that type of pure love that she had for me. I we I know we wouldn't be together, and we probably, and I would probably be dead.
1: Sounds like you found yourself a real life angel.
0: <laughs> Definitely, so I owe her her so Aww. much again. You know, and then of course a lot of this whole you know, me giving up the whole idea of motivational speaking, I, it really was an easy thing to do because I'm still getting to speak a little bit through this, and I'm getting to let her live her dream in music. She was um, so. Yes, yes. We've so with the show. We've been able to pull both of us together, and you know, and I love that, and that um, we've been able to find a way to combine our passions and still live as one. I love that.
1: That's so great. Uh, yeah. that's so fun when when you get to share something like that, like a passion like that with your with your partner. It just makes it so much more enjoyable.
0: I yes, it, it does. does. Absolutely. So, so as you I, know. Oh no! I
1: was just gonna say I have that with with my husband too. I'm very lucky. We that, met in a cover band, um, and so oh, he wow. plays he plays with me sometimes. He, I mean, he has one of those <laughs> real jobs, you know. But um, <laughs> and he'll go out on the road with me when he can, and that, that's that, that's our little crossover. Super fun. And, and, and oh, you know oh, when you
0: talk about when, when you said real job, I got to bring this up because I, I hate this um, term. I, I see people on Facebook yeah. all the time say well artists just need a real job and I hate I I cringe I mean there's so many times I tell people don't tell an artist they need a real job because they got something better a passion that they're striving for
2: Um, because a lot of times I
0: think people I think people lost that passion that they used to have years ago so they feel like hey I'm working this nine to five job it's good enough for me so it should be good enough for you and I hate that attitude you know <clears throat> uh, because, again, we're all different people, and you, you just haven't mm-hmm. given up on yours like other people have. like and, and, and I tell people, please don't steal the passion from people because here's, here's the result. I've got friends of mine, and I'm not saying every friend, and I say this on every episode, but I've got friends of mine that say 15 years in their career, 10, 15 years or so, give or take. And they've been doing it for a while, and you sit down with them, and, they're, and some of them are miserable, I mean really miserable. And you're trying to find out why because you tell them you, you got this great lifestyle, you got this, you, know, you got this great family, um, you got this awesome career, and several will stop you and say the career's the problem. Like, what do you, what do you mean the career's the problem? You went to school for this. And they're just like, no, I went to school because my parents, my friends, my teachers all pushed me this way because they said that's where the money is, so I should go this way, and I listened.
2: This was not the way
0: I wanted to go. And now they're miserable. And that's why I always tell people, please, someone's got a passion. Courage it. (laughs) Don't try to take it away because they will be 20 years down the road miserable.
1: Yeah, he's – my husband's really lucky. He had a a huge passion for computers and the Internet when all of it was coming Mm -hmm. out when he was a kid. And so he he works for Netflix now, and he's just – Love oh, what oh, he does, yeah. which is why he doesn't do music full time because he's like, I love my job, so he's yeah. got a real for awesome. it. And that
2: he's my awesome. little
1: IT department when anything on my live stream goes wrong.
2: <laughs> Honey, what happened? Can you fix it for me?
0: <laughs>
2: that is really cool
0: that y'all can do And that's that y'all that He's your partner with all this I love that And because we are a family show One of the things I like to do Is we always bring little Chris mm-hmm. on Our eight-year-old He always a- asks one question You know Because we're teaching him How to do all this too
2: <laughs> What's his name? And,
0: um, Chris, Christopher And, w- and when you Caitlin hear, gets old, when, when Caitlin gets older mm-hmm. He'll we'll bring her plug her in too
3: <laughs> Yes, here he is.
1: Hi, Miro. What's your Hi, Miro. What's your favorite food? Hi, Christopher. Um, My favorite food is probably, definitely ice cream. And I would have to say it's got to be chocolate chip cookie dough. What about you? Pizza. That's a fantastic choice. We had some last night, actually. <laughs> Are you going to get pizza again sometime soon? Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, pizza and ice cream sounds like a pretty good party. Okay, so maybe we can. Okay,
0: bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, he He would have loved to hear what you were just saying. i would be missed. Oh, <laughs> that's cutie. No, but but he he would be upset if like we didn't plug him in because he's on he every would. show but a couple he's not been plugged in and he he was like I didn't get to ask my question. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I love that you guys bring your kids into it. That's so great.
0: But <laughs> well, like I say, we're a family affair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Absolutely.
1: life
0: life really is, you know. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, without family, what's the point? I mean, again, you know, that's totally. even though, I mean, we're, we are the show. And I'll be honest, if, if um, some big company ever wanted to pick us up, but didn't want us wanted to change how we do this. I would probably have to say, yeah, I don't care how much money. I would I would not do it, because we've created um, this is from the ground up now, and mm-hmm. you know we love what we do. I'm not we're not a normal show. We're not you know I'm not one of them people that's going to sit there and ask a question. You answer. Ask a question. You. Answer. I can't. If I have to do that, I quit. You know, <laughs> so I want it to be a conversation. Yeah. It's got to, it's got to be a conversation. You know, like what's funny is, um, I remember for years through our marriage, we would be out and about, and I've got all kinds of stories too. But we, we would be out and about, and I'd run into people, and I'm not talking friends. Of course, friends is different, but I'd run into people, and we would start talking, and Sandy would almost roll her eyes many times. So she, she would be like, uh oh, she knows when I start talking with somebody, it's 60 minutes." automatic almost yeah. 60 minutes and I've done yes. that thousands and thousands of times in 17 years but what's funny is we had no idea back then and and through the years that that was preparing us for this show because every episode is 60 to 75 minutes <laughs> that so you're right that all, is also... all those conversations mm-hmm. that I had as much as She probably didn't like it at the time. She now owes that to our show.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. (laughs) So
2: so
0: as you know, when people look at you as the artist, they see you. They don't really see like a PR team or other people that help you be who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have people around you that help you be who you are? And tell us a little bit about them.
1: Absolutely. Um, So – I think first of all, I want to say that like the the people that work with me, um, they don't get on board with you unless mm. you already are doing something that they want to be a part of. So you have yeah. to already like have mm. established a brand that people are like in favor of, you know, and and think like <laughs> there oh there could be some let me help you make this bigger, right? So. I like <laughs> yeah. to think mm-hmm. that I kind of cultivated a brand that that mm-hmm. I was proud of and that other people felt like they could support. And then th- mm-hmm. I, now I have people helping me kind of fine-tune it and yeah. kind of cutting it. Cut, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, um, I work with um, a producer named Ken Calais. I met him through that West Coast Songwriters competition that I mentioned earlier. When I won mm-hmm. that competition, I got the opportunity to perform at their year end conference. And when you perform there, you're performing in front of a bunch of industry, and Ken was there. Now, Ken, mm-hmm. Calais, his daughter is Colby Calais. So that's like, she was a huge inspiration to me when I was, you know, when she, when she first came out and I was listening to no, nonstop. And that was, that was a fun connection for me to make. But also, he, mm. Ken's an amazing producer. He's got a ton of credits to his name. Um, and the one, like, the biggest one is Rumors for Fleetwood Mac. Now he started mm. an artist wow. development company wow. called Artist Mac. So that's who my production deal is with, is Artist Mac. Ken, uh, Ken and I worked on a lot of tracks together. And then we got a distribution deal for, for the tracks that we did together um, through a company called Copperline. And those guys wow. are distributed through The Orchard, which is a branch of Sony. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in my corner helping me out. And that, that's been really, really help, really great. Lots of cooks.
0: <laughs> that is really awesome. And we like to, and again, because I, I think that's another thing that's missing. Like I said, we try to add things into our show that most shows never ask. Because I, I think mm-hmm. that, because we, 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 you know, a lot of shows want to know you as the artist. We want to know you as the person.
2: Mm. Well, I and that's I what we're that. trying to I, build. There's yeah. some
1: crossover there. <laughs> I like the <to> <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about?
1: Mm. Oh man. How much time we got left? I'm gonna to have to marinate on this one for like a week. <laughs> Man, I I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many. I don't know that I could pick one. I can I can call one out right now that excites yeah, go for me. It. I think. I mean, Dolly Parton. That,
2: would that, be that awesome, woman
1: it? is a is a firecracker. I just love her and what she represents in country music and, and inspiring other, other women in country music. And she's a hell of a songwriter. And I would just
2: even mm-hmm. love to be
1: in the room while she's writing,
0: you know. So so if you were mm-hmm. face-to-face with her right now, what would be your first question to her?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, it would probably come out... Uh, (laughs) No matter what I want to say, I'd probably be too far Like my first speech. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) My goodness. My first question to her. (laughs) Do you want to go on tour with me? Just
2: kidding. That's super (laughs) inappropriate. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But if
1: you're not promoting yourself, what are you even doing?
0: Yeah, because, you know, whether you're an artist whether you're a host like us, whether you're a regular business owner, a traditional business owner, it, uh, you know, a celebrity, it really doesn't matter. You're always promoting.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's 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 hard because there's, there's people in this industry that I I look up to as peers, and there's people that I, I look up to as, like, I'm a fan of theirs, too. And, of course, then there's some mm-hmm. who are both. But you you got to be cool when you meet people like that
3: because <laughs> they are
1: your peers. You know, and you, like, I want them to respect me, so if I totally fangirl <laughs> over them, then there's, like, the respect is out the window, and they look at you as a fan and not as a peer.
2: Yep. <laughs> That's true. So what
0: song of yours that you've written it means the most to you, and why?
2: Oh, I can't play favorites with my babies. <laughs> That's funny. Someone said
0: the other day, exact same time, They they were like, I don't have kids, but I feel like these are my kids. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm going to go with the cheesiest answer I can give you is the next song Mm -hmm. that I haven't written yet. (laughs) But really, to give you a concrete answer, I wrote a song when the shelter-in-place order started here in California Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. about, you know, COVID and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's called Crazy Times. And I think... um, (laughs) It, it touches a lot on, on or I tried to capture the emotion of, of what we're all experiencing right now where it's like yeah. it's a little bit scary. It's mm-hmm. a little bit nice to be able to have extra downtime, but it's also, like, <laughs> really
0: weird, and, and we're all scared, yeah. and, and it's just
1: yeah. crazy, crazy times.
0: <clears throat> That's really cool. I'm about to ask a question. And I've got a purpose on the way I ask, and I'll explain the purpose right after I ask the question. If you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this specific way is because this past February made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. In fact, I think at that time, her, her first single was like number 28 on the charts. It was before anybody really knew who she was. And her exact to us on that question back then is what she's living exactly right to this day, right now.
2: Aww, it, it,
0: it's just amazing to watch what, she at, what, she, what her answer was to what she's living. She, she did what she said. So I'd like to, and I always tell that story. Because I want artists to think, you know, because you know, some artists, they would normally say, you know, I just want to play. You know, and if you just want to play, the odds are that's all you're ever going to do. You're never going to rise Mm -hmm. at all. I want the vision. So I try to share that story with Kelsey Ballerini because to help open the eyes up to an artist, say, look, a lot can happen in five years. So let's go there.
3: Well,
1: I already have a spot on my mantle where my Grammy's gonna go.
0: <laughs> there you go. So oh, wow. that's what I awesome. want. I want a
1: Grammy. But um mm-hmm. really what my my goal as far as like size wise, how big of an artist I'd like to be and anything extra would just be a bonus. Is I would love mm. to be able to mm-hmm. play in theaters. My audience is Mm. kind of more of a listening crowd, so I don't think I'm having dance floors at these places. I think I'm playing theaters. (laughs) I want to be able to tour in cities I've never been to and sell out, Mm. you know, mid-level theaters and have them sing the words of my songs back to me in places I've never been before.
0: That's a cool. I love love that.
1: (laughs) I think that there's something magical about hearing a crowd sing song to an artist and I want to experience Mm -hmm. that
0: that's really cool Uh, now let's say that you have a friend as you can tell I try to get specific let's say you had a friend Mm
2: -hmm. and you heard
0: him sing and let's say the tone and you can just tell there's something special about them you you haven't put your finger on it but you can tell there's something special and let's say and this would be pre-COVID advice so of course remember that But let's say that they've played 10, 20 shows. They haven't done a whole lot yet, but they've gotten their feet wet, and they've gotten what every artist says. They've gotten on that stage. They look over the crowd, and they've got that stage bug, the music bug in them, and they come to you, and they say, Mira, I've got the bug. I feel like I am supposed to do this with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: Keep writing, <clears throat> keep writing, because it's all it's all in the song. For me, I th- I mean that's mm-hmm. that's what I think. It's just
2: mm-hmm. just
1: uh, write the best songs that you can. I mm-hmm. I used to think that one song, all I needed was one song, and I would be I would be in. And I that's not that's not how it works. Nobody's gonna open the door for you. You gotta. The first thing that anyone's gonna say when they hear a great song that you've written is, "Cool, what else you got?"
2: <laughs>
1: Keep writing. Cause, you gotta have. Cause they don't a, want a, a one catalog. hit catalog. No, they want to know that like you're an investment that they're gonna make in like because you have a future, you have a skill, and you have more that you can bring to the
0: table. So
1: if anybody's gonna invest in you, then you need to invest
2: in you and learn how to
1: write great songs.
0: I love that. We we never know what advice people are going to give,
2: and mm-hmm. it's always
0: different. I mean, sometimes they almost play on the same same format, but but for the most part, they're different. I mean, the first time we've heard oh, yeah. said, we we've heard this keep writing type thing, but never heard it the way you put it. And I love that because again, you just never know. like I remember the best advice I ever got with the show <clears throat> when we before we launched the show. I asked a friend of mine from Nashville. What advice would he give us as we get this show off the ground? And, I'll never, and I will never forget this, and I think it goes with really not with just us, even with artists, but even with life in general. I think this is great advice. But I remember him telling us that um, just be and stay authentic. He said because, because – he says you could – he says let's pretend that you can tell every Bobby Bones joke or every Ty Bentley joke because he knows we really like them. And, um, and let's say that you can pull it off. And you create a fan face, and you got this mask on. You are like, a, you, you are like the next Bobby Bones. He says, yeah, I know you can't pull that off because there is only one Bobby Bones, and there's only one Chris Benton. He says, but let's say that you can pull it off. The day will come when authentic Chris comes out, whether it's a year from now, five years from now, one day from now. It's coming. When that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your fans because they, they were attracted – to fake Chris, not authentic Chris. He said if you start being authentic right from day one. He says, you might grow slower than other hosts out there. He says, but your growth will be steady and it'll be the right audience because they'll they they will be attracted to you, not someone fake.
1: That's some solid advice. Absolutely. <laughs> Scratch what I said and, and do
0: yours instead. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to add that in there. Now, sometimes I actually add it earlier in the show because sometimes, you know, you never know what it, where the conversation is going to go with each artist. And sometimes an artist yeah. will talk about something like on the, when we start talking about the downside of music, sometimes people will say, well, people don't want you to be like labels and stuff. They don't want you to be authentic. They want you to, to be somebody else. And so if, if it goes there, then I add that little story into that, you know, so I just, like to add that somewhere in it, because I think that when people are listening, they need to realize that no matter how much somebody, something, a label, it doesn't matter, tries to change you, you're not going to be happy, and you're going to make a lot of people upset when the real you comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <clears throat> so might, might as well just be you because you can only be a first you, – you can only be a second-class somebody else but always a first-class you. You're yeah, enough. you don't want to be
1: a discount version of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so as we get to our last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do?
2: Um, oh,
1: man, that's a good question, too. We like Thank to you. hear those words. Um, you got anything coming out that we can look forward to an opportunity to like talk about promotion, you know, that's always a good one, but, um,
0: tell her, you got something coming.
1: I do something coming. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, uh, (laughs) happy to spill the beans here. First time I'm saying it out loud and anybody gets to hear it is I, um, I'm putting out the acoustic version of nobody warned me. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome! Yeah. We, um, you know, we want to put more music out, but it's impossible mm-hmm. to create content to support that right now. So instead, we're gonna. I've got a version that I recorded a while ago, and figured we'd we'd throw it up there. So I'll I'll give you guys a, exclusive first listen. I'll send it over to you when we hang up, and if That'll you want to post awesome. it up on your it. on the new new country buzz website, then we can we can direct people over there if
2: you'd like. Okay. <laughs> We, absolutely. You know,
0: that's the, I guess that's the perk too of doing what we do, right?
2: <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now, tell everybody how they can reach you. Um, Self promotion time.
1: Okay. My name is Mira M I R A. Last name is Goto G O T O. I am on all the social media. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have Periscope and Twitch. I mean, it's insane. There's, there's I
3: can't even keep up with it. I have
1: a TikTok account, and I don't know what a TikTok is.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: so find me, find me everywhere. I do a lot of online streaming shows just like all the other artists these days. And um, we do happy hour on Fridays. At um, three o'clock California time, six o'clock Eastern. So, love to have you.
0: That's really cool. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on today. You know.
3: Yes, we did. We definitely
0: think we definitely think that you're going somewhere. Um, I'm glad that Joe Kelly kind of introduced us without introducing us. (laughs) You <laughs> too.
1: You guys are so sweet. Thank you so much for having me and and for giving a platform to artists like myself. We, I just I really appreciate you and what you
0: do. Well, thank you, and we look forward to having you back down the road when you get more updates.
1: My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Take care.
0: All right, you, you oh, too. you too.
1: Yeah, bye. Thanks.
0: Bye. bye. Hey everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. Um, as always, It was a great show. Um, we've got more coming to you tomorrow. I think we've got, okay, we got one tomorrow, one Thursday, and then on Friday we've got two people. So some days we'll have two, some days we'll have one. We're just trying to go through the people, bring you some great artists that you can look up and start listening to because all of these artists are trying to make it. They all are worth their salt. Believe me, they're really awesome. So go look them up, and again, as always, we'll see you
2: tomorrow.